SAFM, leading the conversation. Nothing conventional on the viewpoint. Songes on SAFM. Let's now go through Tumkulu Zamandebele, who is the deputy chairperson of Buyisa, a council of traditional healers. Are traditional healers excluded from the fight against COVID-19? Mkulu, Sabon. Excellent. Let's hear your thoughts, please. Are South Africa's, you know, traditional healers is probably just a bit of a way of even further ostracizing a critical community. Are African healers, Africa's indigenous knowledge systems, replete with philosophies and epistemologies? Because that's essentially who you are as a class. Are you catered for satisfactorily? by generally the government's response and its fight against COVID-19? No, thank you very much. I think, firstly, we need to acknowledge that the World Health Organization acknowledges the role of African traditional you know, medicine mm. uh, as part of basically the entire medicinal you know, health perspective in treating people worldwide and when you look at the world health organization medicine strategy of 2014 to 2023 which was basically put up in 2012 it does acknowledge the role of african you know traditional medicine to health wellness and people-centered care and within our own country south africa we do have the traditional health practitioners act uh, of 2007 but of course we do acknowledge that uh, there is a big challenge that uh, we have faced as traditional uh, you know healers uh, traditional practitioners uh, especially within the context of this uh, pandemic which is ravaging the world over that uh, traditional healers have not really been taken into account, uh, has not been consulted, and basically some of the challenges uh, in, re- in regard to finding a solution mm. might come from that particular sector, yes. Talking about platform, because a lot of these things turn on platform, um, generally speaking, do South Africans acknowledge the existence of the critical mess that you are. You know, you will find that a lot of the time, Western medicine, if I may refer to it, that you find through medical aid and the South African Health Products Regulatory Council, because they've got batch numbers and have followed a scientific process. Do you find that even generally in the conversations at clinical level, there is enough regard for your existence that can provide a function that is complementary to, generally speaking, South Africa's health outcomes? For instance, do I always have to go to Western medicines to alleviate a headache or a bloated stomach? Surely there is enough in this earth to alleviate those ordinary ailments which really Africans have used since time immemorial? One reality is that African traditional medicine is one of the oldest and most diverse of all medical, uh, of all medicine systems in the world. Uh, the Western uh, practice, which uh, we are currently 
uh, using world over and predominantly uh, in our society. It's also informed by a particular past, a past where basically traditional medicine, apartheid did contribute very immensely, and of course colonialism broadly in the African continent, where it was regarded as unscientific, you know, uncivilized, very suspect, illegal. But there is a reality. When you look at uh, the, 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 the malaria drug, quinine, it's from a, 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 a drug. That drug is basically from a tree, you know? And also when you look within the context of South Africa, traditional uh, medicine has played a very critical role in addressing the issue of HIV and AIDS, diabetes, BP, you know, mental disorder, asthma, malaria, cancer, just to, to name a few. So there is an acknowledgement that uh, as we speak, part of the solution of uh, addressing this uh, pandemic that we are facing is uh, a world over. Uh, in Madagascar, for example, mm-hmm. they've come up with uh, this uh, herb, which in our country call it lingana or umsonyana. Mm. Uh, basically, that's an acknowledgement that African traditional medicine has a, a critical role and it continues to play a role. Uh, of course, it was pushed underground. But it has been, it's, it's in place and people are using traditional healers. There are lots of people who are basically consulting with traditional healers. We have got over 200,000 traditional healers. And the reason why most people use them is because of affordability, availability. It's affordability, mm. availability, yes. and spiritual and emotional, you know, desire for wellness and connectivity. So... There is basically that acknowledgement yes. that uh, traditional healers do exist and they are there in our communities. And we believe very strongly that uh, with this COVID-19, which is currently ravaging the world, mm. traditional healers have got a critical role, basically in collaboration, of course, with your conventional research institutes. For example... Mm. In South Africa, we've got CSIR, Agriculture Research yes, uh, Council, you know, Department of Agriculture, Science and Technology, National Research uh, Foundation. All these are collaborating to research the efficacy of some of the herbs that we have. And as a country, South Africa has, is blessed with more than 30,000 species of plants with medicinal uh, capability. So, we are saying there is a need for traditional uh, healers and, and basically to participate and contribute mm. towards finding the solution uh, towards this pandemic that is ravaging the world. Let's agree on this, Baba Ndebele. You know what? In the new hour, we have one of the reporters for the Mail and Guardian who is going to be spe- speaking specifically on this Madagascar issue. Might I please ask for your indulgence on the other side of the news coming up now at 9 o'clock for you to listen at home. I'm going to get the producer to call you back because you volunteered information about Madagascar and how that in itself is a sign of the value of African medicine. 
this conversation coming up is going to focus squarely on that. I, I wouldn't want to paraphrase you. I would yeah. rather you participate in that conversation. Would you so much as to indulge us, please, for 30 minutes in the new hour? It's okay. Excellent. But what you are saying, let's basically engage. We are, no one at this moment, whether it's Western medicine or traditional medicine, uh, there's no one who at this particular stage can stand up and say, I've found the cure. We are all saying, let us basically engage with whatever is available uh, on, the, on, 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 on both the traditional and the Western you know, medicine uh, to see the efficacy. And basically, scientists are, are, are trying vaccines. There's mm. no vaccine, we know. There's no cure, we know. But well, I'm going to interrupt you there because when you talk about cure, and this is, I mean, cure, this is exactly the conversation we're getting into. In the words of Andre Rajuelina, the president of Madagascar, open quote, Madagascar has discovered a cure for COVID-19, and that's going to speak to the conversation of Umtlonyane. So please stay tuned. It's news time now. We continue this conversation, but specifically involving Mr. Anu Adeoyo, who's a reporter for the Median Garden and a fellow at the Wits Journalism Department. Please stay tuned.